Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about <coughs> raising our consciousness, all of us collectively. And tonight's topic is writing your own personal constitution. And Declaration of Independence. Well, well. that's for another show. Yeah. Um, I guess we have to be independent before we do that. But I would like to start us out with, with uh, maybe giving everyone a framework to build and write your own constitution. And it has to be something that's true to you, not something that's part of the collective. But you must first start out by building your power structure. And you have to put somebody in charge of your own laws, your own personal laws, instead of it being dictated by your old beliefs or old experiences or people in your life and their beliefs. It's important to assign and appoint a part of yourself that actually makes your rules instead of the rules that were passed down. And, uh, and then... Which is a very bold step to take because mm -hmm. <coughs> we are nothing but the summation of the... We are much more than the summation of all the programming that has gone into us, but recognizing that fact is in and of itself mm -hmm. this uh, point at which you depart from who it is you're expected to be. And that takes a really mighty individual to do that, mm -hmm. to constitute the new you. A very important step to take for any of us. And uh, to one degree or another, the whole thing waits until you have declared who it is you are. Mm -hmm. That's true. And then after you um, start putting your power structure together and you build your, your lawmaker within yourself and make them be your own rules instead of rules that people have thrown, pushed down your throat, then you have to uh, elect within yourself a good representative, um, which is the Senate and the House aspect of things, where this is the part of you that advocates for you, but it also advocates for other people. So this is a person uh, or quality about ourselves that make it make us f uh, in a fair way interact with people outside of us. And then the third branch of things is to install your CEO or your president, somebody that's running the show. And it's very important for you to be present with this. And you get away from that ego self the self, uh, you displace the dictator in your head that ha carries the voice of your parents and the school librarian and everybody you've ever encountered that has somehow uh, taken up space in your head and is running the show. You dethrone that force by giving a force that is on your side, that loves and supports you unconditionally and has your best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. And that is the quintessential setting of yourself mm -hmm. free. Mm -hmm without going insane. Yeah. Just the idea of being free to create a better life for you, create sovereignty within your own life, because you have it. But we're trained very, very much that we don't. And it's ridiculous, that whole premise that um, reality is the fixed concept and we are the variable pitted against this fixed concept. When the truth of the matter is, it's the other way around. Reality is the variable, and we are the constant. And we tell reality what to do without ever knowing that this is going on. And it seems, how, isn't that so obvious? How many times have you said, I knew it? 
you know, that expression, which is mm -hmm. a form of denial. But this, so to constitute the improved you, mm -hmm. yeah, by taking command of your life. Or adding passion and reconstitute, like you do with it when adding water. Well, then, then you get to your judicial system. And currently, most people have, uh, they're shackled to prison guards that constantly berate us and tell us how terrible we're doing and how we're not living up to these expectations that the world and ourselves had put down for us. And so our judicial system right now is rendering us useless and helpless and stumbling and unhappy. So if you reinstate that aspect of you with a part of you that is fair and you replace the shackled prison, uh, shackle holding prison guards with self-love and self-discipline, well then you've elevated that whole aspect of yourself um, so that you are now governing yourself and you are saying no and yes. And that's what your internal judicial system should really be, mm -hmm. is making powerful choices in your life rather than letting you stumble without direction and then berating you for them, uh, for the stumbles. So that is uh, a really important thing, to replace self-effacement and self-judgment with self-discipline and self-love. Yeah. And so these are all very real things. We are walking you through writing your own personal constitution to your life, to your life as, as you live, live it toward yourself. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing, and then we can um, maybe talk about these a little more in, in some more depth, would be to write your own amendments. What are your rules for yourself? What are uh, the things that apply to you? What are your bottom, what is your bottom line? If you write out your bottom lines, the boundaries where you just will not cross, like let's say one of them is, no matter what, I will not ever uh, abandon myself to uh, get involved in someone else's life, or, or maybe something specific. What would be a good, good example of that? Well, it's important that you do understand where your borders are, and there's all kinds of meditations to assist in um, maintaining these borders. That uh, basically your your stomach is in charge of a particular aspect. You know how if you go through a stop sign, your stomach will. I'll be upset because you've passed through a border. So you can rely, at least in that way, rely upon your anatomical body for assistance in understanding where your borders are. Well, I think that, yeah, that's very good. That's very important and a very good thing to bring up. But also, I have noticed that if you know your bottom lines, meaning that, uh, and I use this story a lot, but it, it gives a perfect example. I was watching a movie a long time ago, and it was some gangster movie, and the, the kid, you know, the nephew kid was um, asking his uncle, how do you know when you find true love? And he goes, well, you'll know because when you open the car door for her and she sits down and then when you walk around, she'll lean over and unlock the door for you. That's oh, how yeah, you'll know. Yeah. Well, and I've used that a lot over the years to tell people that if you have this thing that you say to the universe, this is what I'm asking for, and this will let me know that this is right for me or not right for me, then the universe will start speaking that language to you. But mm -hmm. if we don't have anything defined, it can come in these haphazard ways. So if you look at the, uh, the structure of the Constitution, and if you say, I'm going to write my amendments, and one is, if I go out 
on a date with someone and they leave me and, and leave me stranded in the middle of somewhere, I'm going to say that you, that's a boundary that's crossed and I'm just not, that's not the right person for me. Yeah. So what you have, instead of rigidity, you have structure that's going to enable you to have this vibration that communicates it without words. If you don't have that structure, then you're going to communicate non-borders to people. And people do that all the time, communicating at non-borders. That's um, the whole premise of the bully, is that if someone's bullying you, you either acquiesce or you get others to assist you. But ultimately, you have to stand up to the bully because the bully will play this game of exploring what borders they can trash in you. And that's where you get broken in that. That happens to many kids in school. You get broken by this. Whereas if you just haul off and slug them just once, even if you get beat to a pulp, they will never attack you again because a bully inherently searches for someone who will acquiesce. That's the whole point of the bully, is your acquiescence or not. So you're better off. And anyhow, once you stand up to the person, they are likely to become a friend, not that we would care for them as a friend, but they will have respect for you. This is a person who has been taught respect in a very backward way. You know, we ought to just have respect for each other. Why wouldn't we? Okay, so that's the, the nemesis. The person who's your friend is also the bully because they are going to get you to either stand up for your borders or break you completely. And you can have a wonderful life in a mental health facility. <laughs> you know, however that works. Or you can just stand up and take your shot. Why not? Well, yeah, why not? Um, there's two things that happen usually. You flee or you uh, confront uh, bullies mm -hmm. um, in that way. <clears throat> not, I mean, it's going to be up to the moment to say what, what is the right thing in that moment. But you're bringing up a very good point that um, is uh, tying into what I was saying about having these amendments. Mm -hmm. If you say someone is crossing a line when they do X, Y, or Z, then you can respond. You don't have to beat them up. You don't have to fight. You don't have to run. You don't have to do anything. All you're stating to the world is this is a boundary for me. And when you cross this, I make a decision. So that is a decision point for me mm -hmm. when that uh, line is crossed. So if you define it, you're, you're really defining moments of choice for yourself. Otherwise, you're too busy trying to figure out how you feel about that and how that ties into what other people are expecting of you and what the world says is good. Well, the irony there is that you know how you feel about it. You absolutely do. You know that. And then there is denial, the river in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, once, once you, uh, what is it? Um, uh, knowing divided by doubt equals denial, or denial equals knowing divided by doubt. So you can see what a strong denominator doubt is. And so the doubt, <coughs> okay, and since we are here to remember how to love everything and then select how to love everything, we would love doubt because it keeps action from happening. And that is often the universe uh, which turns out to be you, by the way, in case you ever wondered what the universe was, it's you. Once you understand that that was, that the doubt was your method of amending the timing in the sequence of events, then you don't have to dislike you at all because you doubted. See, this is the whole thing, the list of words that translate 
into love. Um, chaos, chaos we love because without it there is no cosmos. Any of these things. Fear we love because it's a process of uh, enlightenment. The difference between fear and information is your level of consciousness. So as you become more enlightened, there is less fear. To the point that um, one is not afraid of death and equally one is not afraid of life. This is the thing and we spend a lifetime. You know, there's the, how, do the, how do we the humans pull this off? We're both afraid of death and life. Mm. Now that's clever. Really, think about the amount of engineering that takes for you not to know that you're both afraid of life and death. How did you manage to get all of that packed into the cabeza there? Really, cabeza, pardon me. But how did you manage that? That's very clever. It, and I've always said it's amazing that people can actually face forward and walk at the same time. The two combined would use up all the available brain space. Well, walk facing forward means moving in, in, in a progressive manner. <coughs> so I Which see what you mean. Well, above it, yeah. Yeah, but well, when we have these these boundaries, and I think um, if we look at these amendments as our rules, but not hard fixed rules, but got, but but statements as far as what our boundaries are, or what 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 our choices are, is a better way of saying it. An example of this is if somebody came to your house and knocked on the door at 2 in the morning to borrow a cup of sugar, you would have no problem saying, look, I, I, you, I really don't choose to be woken up at 2 in the morning. You cannot come and knock on the door. If the person continues to knock on the door, you don't have any problem about taking it to the next level, escalating it, or letting it go, whatever, whatever your choice is. But you know how you feel about certain things. So what I would suggest is look at those things you know about. You wouldn't let someone come and slap you in the face or take your grocery cart for, from you. You would automatically do something about it. You would state something. And therefore, because you feel that way, it rarely will ever happen that you need that because your border has already been defined, predefined in a preference around you. If you are wishy-washy about that because part of you would like to have this rule and other part feels that you cannot have this rule, then you're going to have people that will obey that rule exactly in that manner. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. And every time it's going to be a level, a, le uh, uh, a place of friction for you and, and uh, turmoil because you'll be pulled like a, a tug of war rope between those two ideas. And so it'll show up in your life a lot. So one thing that you can do is look at areas of your life where you're having conflict, where you're having issues with other people or issues or circumstances, whether it's your job or getting your phone hooked up or whatever it is, and say, what is this that I am being unclear about to the universe? Because I am being unclear about it to myself. And get clear about it. Get clear about it. Write it as one of your amendments. And I really suggest writing this down. Remember, your amendment is not your predefined response if this happens. It's your predefined feeling about it so that you or, or that you're going to make a decision or a stand when that is crossed. Mm -hmm. So it's just an edge. Yeah. And we are always all growing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that is another uh, very important thing to factor into you that uh, your constitution is not set in stone, that it can be amended, that you can grow, 
and that will be necessary. That is the deal. Something you so. used to say um, a while back that if you don't mind speaking it now too because I think it ties in with what you're saying and it's very powerful too where it's I change effortlessly by grace. Oh yeah. Uh, where this is something we used to tell people in the consciously creating your life. It was an affirmation we made, well we suggested that everybody really get I change effortlessly by yeah, grace. Yeah. Easy to change. And I thought you were going to talk about there's always more edge to cut because this is sure. a very cutting edge program and there's never going to not be edge to cut. And let he who have the ears to hear, hear, as they say, and she, of course. Yeah. Um, you've got to yeah. be, you've got to have the edge to, the ears to hear the edge. But anyway. That's pretty edgy stuff. So, uh, as always, we are a live call in program. So if it is um, this date in January the 30th, I believe, uh, this is a live program. So feel free to call in. Any question you might have about anything, we would be very happy to answer. We've, uh, over the years, answered and, and received remarkable feedback uh, in doing it uh, to, uh, our basic um, concept is to set you free from the programming you grew up in for you to find yourself in a position to begin to create who it is you really are. Because if left to the other guy, you're never going to find out who you are. You'll always find out who you are in relation to them. So your constitution is your relationship with yourself, and that will be as unique as there are individuals, which is quite a large number as I understand it. Well, especially I, if you count atoms. Well, I would like for those out there that choose to participate to write your constitution and share it. Either share it, uh, email it to us or call into the show next week or if mm -hmm. you have time this, this week, if you think of it. But remember, you have to appoint the leaders in your structure. You have to appoint them. And those are aspects that you can even visualize as being a separate entity that has this job to f in, in uh, non-ego, loving, kind ways act out mm -hmm. these roles within us. And then you don't have to get your ego mixed in with it. And I, I think that that's the role spirit guides play in our life, is mm -hmm. it's a way for us to get ourselves out of our spiritual connection by, by depersonalizing it and giving it another name and another role. Then we can look at it and we don't get mixed up with our own personal feelings involved in there. And we have our caller. Hi, okay. caller. What's your name, please? My name's Karen. Karen, Hi, Karen. what can we do for you? Well, I'm sort of at a crossroads in a lot of my decisions in my life, and I think I might want to ask Mary for a reading. To oh, okay. uh, readings are at the uh, yeah, past the Yeah, I think she got cut show. off, right? Yeah. Uh, Karen, thank you yeah, very much call, for calling. If you, if you wanted to ask a, a regular question, call back. If not, call back right after the duck, which is going to be right after 9. And we can certainly do the reading. We'd be most happy to. Uh, yeah. But if you have a question on the topic, please do call back because I believe... Or a question in general, yeah. but about... Or uh, just a regular question. Yeah, or interpret, interpreting a dream, which is over the last little while has become kind of paramount for some reason. The dreaming time seems to be, at least in some well, realities, well, ratcheting I, up. Well, it's because um, I, well, in part, it's because I talk about my dreams every day. Uh, I do dream pretty much every night, as you know, and uh, we've been taking this last little while. And speaking of, I'm going to be doing an online dream class, oh, a dream yeah. series. When is this? And the first class is Monday the 10th, 
at 7, and it's an online class, and the first class is a free class where I cover some interesting things about sleeping and uh, explain what's all involved in the four-part other class, mm -hmm. uh, which is mass, uh, uh, mapping your dreams, and then there'll be a two-session advanced dreaming alchemy class Excellent. Uh, after that. So you may want to check it out. Um, it's quite an undertaking. Yeah. It'll be good, and then it will be recorded for use for later as well. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, um, so dreams, yeah, that's good. But I, th I think that uh, when we're talking about writing this document for ourselves, it is such a it's such a thing uh, of power for us to take control because it you know we've talked about this before for so many years that it is so much like. Um, we feel that everything out there controls us. The traffic controls us. The paper boy being late with the delivery on the newspaper uh, controls us. The line at the grocery store controls us. Everything controls us. And no wonder we fly off the handle and have road rage all the time and, and these various things because we do feel trapped and controlled. By writing your personal constitution, you are then taking the power back into your own hands. And you can rewrite it at any time as well. Yeah, it's a very... So what, uh, what would be one amendment that you would put in your constitution? Well, not... Um, what I was thinking of just first to do that point is uh, it is control that is an illusion. But command, you are never not in command. So if you're on the line, you're in command of your choice. You don't know that because we're never taught. We don't teach children yeah. things like that. So if I'm in my command, and I've said this on any number of lines, uh, how I adore to be online because it is the opportunity for a meditation. There's nothing I'm supposed to be doing, um, nothing, just nothing. I have absolutely nothing to do at that point. Somebody's managing it all. and <laughs> Yeah, and you're simply to watch and have a good time watching. The world is endless entertainment, mm -hmm. or it's a source of unbelievably uh, gut-wrenching agony, depending on just how you want to look at it. That makes sense. Yeah, and so you ha you always have you're always in command, and what you're in command in uh, of is your choice, and there is reaction and there is response. Your reaction would be, to, "I'm online. How? Why are you paying in pennies? Nobody pays anything in penny. Would you?" Can you Oh, sorry. <laughs> shot the other. I meant to shoot the person with the pennies. Yeah, no, uh, that's all ridiculous. Why would I choose a response like that? Because it's just amazingly entertaining to watch the person count the pennies isn't of itself the opportunity too. So being well, on your game. So well, I, just to say, we aren't always. Um, uh, paranoia is a feeling of powerlessness, and we've been trained to be paranoid. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you're never without power, and you're never without command. That's true, yeah. And that would be my first uh, item. Well, I think a lot of the times, too, if you're stuck <laughs> on, in line and you're uh, angst-ridden and all that, is to trace it back and see why you're upset. I know there have been times when I've felt stress getting stuck behind something was because I had two jobs and I had to get to the second job and I had to drop the kids here. and. It's all this other stuff that we pile onto ourselves, which m therefore does not give us permission to sit and relax. So sometimes it's a matter of amending, putting a, a new amendment in your constitution that says I, it is safe for me to let go of things. 
And if I'm late for that meeting, I'm late. I remember one morning uh, when I worked in Rosalind, going down there and the traffic was just really just stopped. I could see the building. I, I, was, I left in plenty of time, but the car was just sitting in the middle of the street and I couldn't get there. And I remember feeling that feeling in my body where my chest was tight, my heart was pounding, it was, ugh, I could hardly breathe. And I realized that no matter what I do right now, no matter what I feel, I'm still going to arrive there at the same time. I'm not going to fall asleep and then forget to go there. So I'm going to arrive there at the same time. There's nothing I can do. I'm not going to kill myself over that. And it was like what you were saying. It was that moment of consciousness yeah. where I just took a deep breath and went, ah. I and have it choice. was beautiful. You always have choice. Choice and decision are truly, um, uh, there has to be the trinity since I'm retraining <coughs> all of my thoughts. And I just set off the, what's the trinity between choice and um, I've forgotten the words already. Choice and decision. Okay, so you look at your choices and then you make a decision. And the third part of the Action. equation is the manifestation. Yeah. So that is the trinity, choice, mm. decision, and manifestation. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. If, you, if we're in a situation, and as we've said many times, the Buddha re referred to uh, or put forth the concept that the cause of all suffering is the resistance to what is. And so if you're stuck in a traffic jam, you're stuck in a traffic jam. Yeah, ambition. Yeah. And to be, no, it's just like, instead of, oh, I'm stuck in a traffic jam, just say I'm stuck in a traffic jam. Yeah. It is, so what can I do now? Yeah, and we have our next caller. Okay. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Ah, I'm familiar with this. Mm -hmm. Please call back. We're yes, uh, please bear with us. Having a good time this evening, <laughs> as far as all this goes. But I, I really feel that it's quite an opportunity to call in this show in that you get to two varied, guaranteed to be varied opinions on, uh, you know, the, well, some of it we agree quite a bit on. But, oh, I would uh, we say both we agree on far more than we disagree. Yeah, a different perspective on the same thing. Well, I'd like to introduce a new word for disagree because I don't, I think a disagreement implies that my truth cannot hold your truth and your truth cannot hold mine. Yeah, very well Whereas put. more than one correct answer, kind of an idea. I remember mm -hmm. telling my kids when we were, um, when they were young, and we have a dial tone out here in the um, thing, uh, that two plus two is 22 and two and two, or two and two is 22, two and two is four, and two and two is a dancing ballerina thing. Yeah. Because I wanted them to see that, also. yeah, and I used that too because he was in the big news back then in the 80s. And I was just letting them know that there are so many different answers. And another example I used with them and I have since is if you put a coffee cup in front of you, the handle will be on the left to me and I can swear to it, I can take a picture, I can prove it scientifically, and then if I take a picture from the other side where you guys are, it would be on the right and you could do the same thing. So this idea, even the word disagreement, it just holds us in this idea that every point of view, that points of view can be in opposition. But what if points of view are never in opposition? That all they are is a different point of view on the 360 around whatever that yeah. is. And it makes it very refreshing, if you ask me. Yeah, so opposition is a piece of programming that's not necessarily at all true. Mm -hmm. I remember consciously hearing uh, more than one correct, uh, my brain translated it, but Ally McBeal, there was this uh, unbelievably harsh CEO that had made millions and millions 
and then had a blood clot affect his brain, and he suddenly became the most empathetic, sympathetic person imaginable. Uh, he set up daycare for all of his uh, female employees. He was giving everybody, you know, just all of this generosity. And his son went nuts, completely nuts, and wanted to have him declared incompetent. So there was the trial. I and, remember that. And during the trial, everybody had this very opposing point of view of all of these aspects. And the guy whispers to Allie McBeal, you know, they're all right. And that's where it, it clicked. There's always more than one correct answer, no matter what. Mm -hmm. There was a teacher in, uh, I believe, Ohio, who was fired for teaching that there's more than one correct answer. Mm -hmm. I remember I, yeah. I pulled that news report one time on mm -hmm. the Good News segment on telepathic TV mm -hmm. or the interesting news. Yeah. That was interesting. Well, yeah, and uh, so uh, we were talking about something right before then about... Uh, Oh, oh, not having a disagreement. Like, start reframing everything as just being different instead of opposite. Like, your boss refusing to listen to you about this point of view or any, anything where you find it's a disagreement or some war going on. And look at it that way. It could really change your life just by taking that one little thing and looking at it differently. Uh, I used to, a way I used to do that is just another way of saying it. And we always offer lots of different ways of saying this so that because they'll click differently with different people. But when I would have some kind of a conflict with a person, I would imagine myself being both people. I'd rise up and be right above the, the group, or the two people or however many were talking, and I became both of them. And so I felt the energy of the importance on both sides, and it, and it helped me to just negate that sense of conflict there. Yeah, I got something of a jump start in the revelation that um, if you're angry, your IQ drops. Uh, if you're frightened, your IQ drops. If you're Well, you're in protection, and that's absolutely true. Yeah. So the idea is to set up a flag to notice that mm -hmm. as opposed to, and then to drop the fear or the anger or the whatever it is. Uh, but the idea of... Um, triggering your brain to come back to uh, consciousness because as your IQ drops, you, you become unconscious. And we've all seen this happen, you know, the uh, rage fights that occur in traffic, things like that. The person really isn't at their brightest. They really aren't. That's just not that way. So to have something flag in you that allows you to enter a meditation that begins to reprocess all the stimulus instead of waiting for 10 years to go by and then remembering, oh yeah, I remember that 10 years ago when that really upset me and now it's been 10 years of um, that running some part of my psyche unconscious. So that if the sooner I can get to the point where the meditation will kick in, the quicker I can come back to who it is I am. Yeah, so I had defined the word betrayal as um, uh, something that clearly lowers IQ. The rage involved in betrayal lowers the IQ, and then that sets off a program of uh, hatred where you're hating the uh, person for being true to their nature. You're hating yourself for not knowing what their nature was, and then everybody's hating you because you won't come back. You just keep talking about it, and everybody has to, you know, that whole thing. So the well, that, that betrayal is being redefined as uh, freedom. You know, just, oh, that happened, I'm free, well, good. 
you know, so the quicker you can get, see, if the words trigger you and the words um, set off a different, the language codes books, the word sets off a different response than what it's supposed to set off, and you're, some part of your brain is monitoring for these words going through your mind and going through your speech. And so if one of these flags flags, then you can keep the cascade from occurring. And that's well, the point Well, I was of the just writing code. that word as you yeah, said it. Yeah, go ahead. Cascade. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you heard me telling this to someone earlier on the phone. I, maybe not, but... Um, uh, uh, but at any rate, I, I agree with you, and I feel that to trace things further upstream and further upstream, and as you heal, what's really going on is you're not going along blind to the moment of explosion, that you get more and more of a distance before the cascade happens, which is what I tell people. Trace it back further and further until you get to that moment where you're not even at the word betrayal yet. You're way back here, and you realize that you've had this event with your boss or whatever that's getting you stressed out, and, and um, that is what you're bringing to this person in the grocery line that's paying for with change. Yeah. The more you know about what's going on in your head, the better. Because once you go over the waterfall, it can be very difficult for people to control themselves after that. So the idea is to, to catch it much further upstream. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Excellent thought, by the way. Hello? Hi, yes, what's your name? Oh, my name is Francesca. Francesca, Hi. what can we do for you? Um, actually, I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people, when they get frustrated or, or when they get angry, they say a lot of things, and then later on they say they didn't mean it, they were just angry, and um, these are not their real feelings and all that. But they already hurt your feelings, and you trying to forgive them, but then some other people believe that this is what they really had in their heart, but they didn't say it till actually they got to that point that they were so angry and that it came out. So which one is true? Is it really what's in their mind, in their heart, when they're angry, they're expressing it, their true feeling? Or That's a very good like question. Or just get frustrated and just say things that they really don't mean at? Yeah, you know, that's a very good question. I think probably all of us have thought that at one time. Yeah. And I think both answers are correct again. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Um, the, the idea that I think sometimes people do explode and say what's really been on their mind. But often, when it's in their head and they're very frustrated and they say it, and then it gets out there, out into the room, and they realize, oh, wow, you know, Maybe in this little tight room where I'm, you know, the narcissistic room in the head, yeah, where, where that little is. thing that you did over there really bothered me, and mm -hmm. and then when it comes out, it's like, wow, that really isn't how I feel. That little tiny thing when it was in my head is very different when you put it out there, and it changes everything. It changes the nature of what was just said. So I think often people do regret saying it, and it's uh, maybe it began with a seed. And so I think it's important to look at where it came from. Sometimes it's a learned behavior where they hear their father saying such things to their mother and everything like that. It's well worth a conversation and to trace it back, really, what do you feel? Because maybe, like if someone says, I hate the way you throw that towel on the floor, and it doesn't happen in real life, that's just an example I use, but you throw that wet towel on the floor, you're an idiot, blah, blah, and, and you start letting all those feelings out. 
uh, it's important to say, okay, what, what does that really represent? Maybe I, it does bother me a little, but not so much as to harm you. Francesca, yes, thank you. Um, I believe we, we can coin a new phrase here, which just crossed my alleged mind, which is that that person's skull is on a little too tight because it's, they don't have room in their head to see what that is before they blurt it out into the room where it is possible to see it. And, and again, both answers are correct. We are so of two minds, we the human race, we're uh, all bipolar, there is no human that is not bipolar. And that's because of this insane method of thinking we've been taught, where we are to see life as an argument between good and evil, when that is not the case at all. Uh, the, the bipolar thinking has to switch off for trinity thinking, whereas where you have the two answers, there's a third answer that lets you see both sides of the coin are a coin with two sides, where you get to see the balance occur between the two. And therein lies our power. As long as we are uh, smiting evil and defending good, then there is no us. We are just a reaction to stimulus. We are not even a response to stimulus. When it becomes okay to recognize that there is this third point of view that will assuage the conflict, then we move forward to a much better place. So whoever this person was that at one point blurted this and then took it back, and which one of those two people? Well, they're both people. That person is both of those people. But the third point of view uh, is that they were emotionally moved by you. Okay, now whether or not this is the person or the rest of the, the imperatives in that, but uh, that was, everything is love, understand. So if this person was expressing the very negative aspect of it, and then the apology and attempting to take it back, which was expressing the positive side to it, they didn't mean it, okay, then it, it is incumbent upon you to decide whether this person has the potential to become someone that is uh, lasting, someone that will grow more quickly than that particular well, thing so, exhibited. Yeah, and something I've uh, told people for a, a lot of decades now, and I really believe this to be true, is that love brings out anything unlike love so that it may be healed. So there's more energy spent in being offended. It takes more of our attention than anything else. And I'm not saying not to be offended, and I'm not talking about you personally by any means. I'm talking to myself and everybody. We're all human. But if you look at the energy that it takes to be offended by something, it, what you have to do, like what you were talking about earlier about your IQ going down, when you're in protection, when you're defending, your body actually stops digesting, the blood gets pulled out of your extremities, your circulation goes down, you no, don't detox your body at all. When you're in growth, then all these things are taking place because you're safe to do that. Well, when you're in a state of being offended and your feelings hurt, and trust me, I know I get my feelings hurt just like anyone else. It's very painful and it shrinks. And if we look at love bringing anything unlike love out so that it may be healed, then the idea is to use that as an opportunity to really look and say, uh, you know, assume that there's a seed of truth in it, but it may not be as intense as it came out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? 
Um, Evan calling in. Evan, oh, hey, hey Evan. how are we doing? Good to hear oh, you. Happy New, happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I had a, kind of a, a question kind of related to your topic. I have problems from time to time dealing with hate. And uh, oh, I hate one, of the, one, one of the uh, things I came up with that kind of grounds me is that hate, uh, once you conceive it, envelops your mind and that you carry it with you. And my thing is, I, I, I value your opinion because I think you're both the, you're two enlightened people and value your opinion. Well, My thanks. question is, it's not a healthy state to be in, to be, to be hateful. And I know I deal with this at work a lot. And I was just wondering if you could give me a, a positive solution how to deal with it. And um, okay, now you I, I appreciate it. And uh, once again, have a nice New Year. Thank you. Well, thanks, you too, Evan. Evan. And yeah. Are you still there, Evan? No, uh, he always hangs up to hear oh, okay. what we have to say. Okay, well, I was just going to ask, um, the hate, were you experiencing the hate? Maybe you, you got that. Oh, I think he was or saying that he hates because of something that happened in the okay. environment and how to control that, but we can do both sides of it. Uh, hate is another aspect of lowering your IQ. Uh, when you are very busy hating, and the quote, the soundbite is what you hate, you recreate from Leah, the teacher, so many years ago. What you hate, you recreate. So if you want to hate it, you're going to attract it to you. Remarkably simple premise, isn't it? So that you will love it. Yeah, so that <laughs> you will eventually you, love it. Not to punish you, but so that you can love it, because that's and the goal of the whole universe. And if you do not stop hating it, you will eventually re recreate it to the point that you become it. And so it was very funny to have done so doing so many years of uh, past lives where you would find people that have had hatred in, in past life and it's just acting out again, only everybody's in the opposite position. You hate mm -hmm. the people for being so wealthy uh, and the wealthy hate the people for being so poor and that little thing bounces back and forth between lifetimes. It's like ping pong as far as your soul goes. So the idea of amending hate to the point that you recognize it as love First of all, you can decide that, um, uh, let us do self-hatred because it's a very easy one okay. to do. If you hate yourself, it is because you've recognized some part of you that you could improve. Well, recognizing some part of you that you could improve is indeed loving you, see? So if you hate someone or something for their existence, then realize that is actually a form of love you are extending to them. Uh, by being judgmental, by having this growth occur within your head, as Evan was saying, and you don't have to do it that way. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah, if, if I'll just uh, give my thought. I know we're getting ready for the duck. But there are some schools of thought that say hatred is not an emotion like anger. And sometimes we confuse anger and hatred. And so I would have you first look at that. Anger is a feeling of being stuck and not being heard, not being expressed, um, lots of different things, and it's there to move things through you. Whereas hatred is always a, um, a feeling of hatred towards self. So if you hate someone for doing something that calls up the part of you you hate, like the vulnerable part, the emotional part, uh, somebody, um, and that what they're doing is also calling in within you a connection to something that hurt you very badly in the past and made you have negative feelings about yourself. So it is true. It is about self-love and uh, identifying what that is and, um, and, and letting hatred, that feeling of hatred, be your map to get in there and, and uh, ask yourself when you felt that before. And I know I'm rushing through this because we've got the duck, but 
Let us do the quack, duck. Quack, quack. Maybe we can talk more in a minute. And also for the caller that got disconnected that wanted the reading, uh, please call back if you're not already on the line. Uh, I got, these are from Mary's Magical Messages, is find a cause that calls you. Be a part of something bigger. Lose yourself in expansive action. And that, it, really take that one to heart because it does make you grow. This is a time of great freedom. You are engaging, emerging from restrictions and ties that have been there for a very long time. Excellent. Excellent, yeah. I love those cards. They are well, terrific. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. There's 97 of them in the deck. And they're small and they're fun. And, um, yeah. and by the way, I have almost got the website completely done now. There are a few little tweaks, like adding a picture of your amplified chakra rays. <laughs> but if you go to telepathictv.com, you will now see the new website. And also, I have put the chakra affirmation cards and Mary's magical messages up for you to play online, as well oh, as excellent. the inner wisdom and the spirit animal cards. Excellent. More decks to come, and I did the ones online just as an act of love for people to find insight. So please partake of them. Yes, we do take care of the world here. Yeah, the magical messages loads a little slow, so just wait, wait for a few seconds with that. Yeah, okay, do that. we have a call? No. Uh, okay, hi caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith. Edith. Hi, Edith. Hey, how are you? Good. How are y'all doing? Good. Thanks. Uh, having a good time. Calling for a reading. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll hang up. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Edith. All right. So let's see what card we get first. This is the card of strength, and I, I really, when I look at a tree trunk, I feel that strength. It goes into the earth, and it reaches for the sky, and it's just a part of all realities. And I feel that you have come such a long way. You've really found your strength. And also, the tree moves water from the earth up into its branches, and it reminds me of a conduit. And I feel like you have really become a conduit of spirit, and that Spirit is taking you to places where you can barely see it, but there's a peace sign there above the waters, just calm waters, meaning calm emotion, calm everything. And calm and boring are not the same thing. Calm actually leads you to the most spectacular places you could possibly go. So I feel like there might be a time of introspection in your spiritual path that will then lead you to a place where you feel very comfortable and at peace. So maybe this has to do with your spiritual practice or maybe even your social life, but that you're going, moving from one thing through calm waters to another thing that is going to be deeper. So thank you. Excellent. And uh, our next caller, please. Hi, caller. What's your name? Speak now, caller. Hi. That's you. If you're Hello. Hi. Oh, good. How are you What's your doing? name? I'm good. This is Elizabeth. Um, I was wondering if I could get a reading, Mary. Sure. I'd be happy to. Thank you. Thank you. Great. All right. Let's see what we get here. <coughs> well, this card is, is take a breather. <coughs> that can imply that you've been through a long, arduous trip. And it's not a bad thing by any means, but it, it, that you may be very tired right now, but just not even physically tired. It's just like this is a time of uh, the emotional ah, sigh after a long 
uh, journey through change and, and various things. And so it's telling you to t make time for that, that you may not realize it. You may still have energy in your body, but our, our mind gets tired and our spirit gets tired and our psyche gets tired, and we have to watch that. And then messages from spirit is so wonderful. This represents someone climbing to the chimney and really reaching up there for that message dropping down. So by you getting some of that breather energy into your life, it's going to enable you to reach up higher and that there are opportunities coming to you that may require you just to get out of denser energy and get up to lighter energy. I almost feel like there is a, a trip or something that may be coming up. Um, Strangely, I was seeing Ohio, or I was like seeing a map or a car. Remember those old shows where they would show the car driving on the map? Uh, it was like that driving, and it might be going through like a place in Ohio and then like that. So I'm not sure if it's telling you maybe go on a retreat or something like that, as well as um, you know, uh, reaching up and, and connecting with spirit. Look, and then we get the traveling card. Okay, well, that confirms it. You have no choice. You must go on a trip now. Um, well, this is saying that, that really that baggage, uh, when we travel, it's like traveling light. It represents that, letting go of old baggage so you can travel light. And uh, it looks like really wonderful things are coming. I, I, I feel like um, something very unexpected but nice is going to show up. So thank you. We have another Excellent. call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? My name is Sherry. Sherry, Hi, Sherry. what can we do for you? Hi, um, I'd like a reading for Mary. Okay. Be happy to you. Sure, thank you for calling. All right. And if was Karen the caller earlier? I hope she could call back. Uh, um, okay, so the first card is higher view. We Everything looks different when you get a higher view. If you're down there, right in the midst of it, it looks very different than going up higher. So this is saying to look at a situation from a higher view. And you'll see that that water is actually contained. That emotion that may seem out of control is actually contained. And that there are other things there. There are new roads being for, uh, forged and various things like that. And take time for meditation. And this is a, a labyrinth. And labyrinths are wonderful. We got into those for quite a period of time, just drawing them and tracing them. There are even apps that you can do that. And they're very meditative because it takes you in. You get a prize. And then you come out. And so take that time to go in because this is a time of great revelation for you and aha moments. And this was one of the first cards I ever did. Um, and I did it because there were times in my life where there was nothing I could do about things except take a warm bath, that nothing else would serve in the same way that taking a warm bath would. You go in there, you're warm, you're nurtured, and then everything just moves on through. Neville used to talk about staying in the bathtub until it completely drains as a metaphor of releasing things. So it, it's saying to relax, take care of yourself. Okay, thank you. Excellent. And do we do you have our next caller? Hi, what's your name, please? Hi, this is Karen. I got disconnected oh, earlier. Yay. Oh, Hi, Karen. Okay. Um, I love the idea of the uh, writing a constitution for myself. Excellent. And I really give that some serious thought. Excellent. And I'm because I'm at a crossroads right now in my life, and I really would love a reading for Mary. And I hope you all have a great evening. Oh, uh, thank you, oh, thank Karen. You. Thank you very much for calling back. That's great. Okay, the first card we get is truth. And so apply this, you know, to um, whatever it resonates with. But this person is standing in front of a mirror 
their identities are laying at their feet all these things that are expected of them and that they they feel like they have to be and when they look in the mirror what they actually see is the truth and that they're angelic an angelic being and so uh, this crossroads is so so much of a metaphor of you dropping these old identities and letting them lie at your feet. They're there for you to use when you need them uh, or when you feel that, uh, that it's uh, good to use them, but that's not your real costume, and it's time to look at your real costume. And, yeah, gratitude, the attitude of gratitude gets all things and everything, but ultimately, every the the one thing that everybody is seeking i don't care what you're asking for but what everybody is seeking is that feeling of gratitude that's the rush you get when you win the lottery when you meet prince charming or your soulmate is the attitude that that feeling of gratitude and so it's talking about really looking for what you're what you're looking for at the end of the day in a feeling how do you want to feel when you come home at the end of the day and go to bed that's more important than something psychological, um, something measurable by the mind. This is uh, talking about making a clean break of things and it shows the scroll of once upon a time and it's erasing your personal history, erasing that story that we all carry around with us that we feel we have to retell and retell. Change the wording around a little bit and see what happens. So thank you. Excellent. Thanks. And, so we're going to be uh, at Ruby Tuesdays later if mm -hmm. the people uh, would care to come. And uh, I know it's still the winter snap here, but nonetheless. Well, and I'd also like to say to Evan, what a great question about hate. And maybe we'll do a whole show on that because I know Neville and I both have a lot more we would like to say about that. Because it, it is a feeling and we don't understand. And when we feel it, we get very judgmental at ourselves for feeling it. So it's a good well, one. Well, yeah, the whole principle. Mm-hmm of recognizing everything as love, which seems to upset people. I've never quite understood that. Well, Why is this love? <laughs> or just a, a way it was um, easy for me is to say, what is the blessing or the gift? Because then I didn't have to, I, it gave me a place that I could interpret mm -hmm. rather than just jumping into it's the way it show, showed up in my life and trying to say that that's love. It's better to say, what is the gift? What is the blessing? What is the enfoldment from that? So that might be a, a training wheel type thing to get there. Yeah. But do check uh, out Telepathic TV. We're going to be having a lot of uh, workshops, recorded workshops that you can listen to online. And, um, you know, uh, everyone's participation is greatly appreciated. And uh, there are mm -hmm. lots of things to do. You and can see uh, Neville's copper stuff on there. Mm -hmm. And it only took me several years to get this going. You wouldn't believe <laughs> I did a test one under maryfeelin.com first. And also, I just love to teach palm reading and face reading. So if there are enough people who'd like to contact us to say you'd be interested in learning what that it's is. It's fascinating, Or by learning the way. what that is. Yeah, and it has unbelievable application in everyone's life. In uh, China, this is basically taught to uh, mm. everyone. It's not... Um, and it's unknown it's in this country. Thing. Your face is highly legible. Yeah, and the you are the area's very original face reader as well. Yeah, and just the... Uh, For 40 years or 30 years or... It's been a lifetime. Yeah. But I do love to teach it. And to actually have the incorporated knowledge from it will just um, allow every part of your life to flow more easily. You know, that's something, the face reading class, I, I took your face reading class, obviously, because I've participated in, in that, I've heard it. I have used those skills from that 
in so many areas. So if you are in sales, if you do anything with the oh, public, sales, I tell yeah. you, doing that face reading class will give you such keys you wouldn't believe. Yeah, so that you have unconsciously. That's the irony of it. Yeah, and your and your books also help tremendously. No, thank you. You are the yeah. groundbreaker in that way. So is our joy and honor. Take you to the door. And go through it. Just quit fooling around. Thank you.